0: What's up everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we talk about our recent expedition on Roosevelt Lake, we discuss the recent Bass Pro Shop's Million Dollar Tournament, we talk about the strangest goonfish we've ever caught, and we pick the top three baits not to throw in the month of December. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode. It's been a good week for us. Hopefully, it's been a good week for all of you guys. It's, uh, you know, it's fall. There's not a crazy amount of stuff happening in the fishing world, but a couple kind of monumental things, uh, and we'll get to those in a little bit. But first, let's go around and chat with everybody. We uh, actually had a fishing trip ourselves, so we'll, we'll get into that. But um, what before we even talk about the fishing trip, what's going on in uh, in your world? How about you, Nick? What's up with you?
1: Oh, good morning, everyone. Good to see you again. Uh, it's been a good week over here. Um, kind of got a weird, like, itch to start the cycle over in my life as far as derelict vehicles that don't run. So I've had a yard sale and been selling things off. And I was trying to think of something funny and witty and worthwhile to talk about. And I guess that's where I'll go. I, uh, I sold the death wobble Dodge Ram. That was a pretty uneventful non-exciting sale. And then the uh Border Patrol Loud Suburban went up on the auction block and it's kind of funny. I sold it to this guy here in Gilbert. And uh it, it was a pretty reliable vehicle. I mean it was it just had little quirks and odds and ends and like Rob said it wakes up the neighbors that you could hear it coming for three miles. So I sold it to this cool guy doesn't live far from me. Um and that night he sent me a message. He's like hey dude check this out. I put a TikTok video up of this Um, And it's already up to like 847,000 views. So apparently there's 847,000 probably like teenagers in China who have an affinity for old um, law enforcement vehicles that wake up the neighbors. So I thought that was pretty funny. Who would have thought, right? That's interesting. TikTok's
0: weird, dude. I told you guys the other day on the boat, like uh, Gerald Gerald Spore had like posted a video of himself spooling a reel. (laughs) <laughs> and all it is is a picture of him reeling line onto his reel over a million views you know and you could post like the most unbelievable he had and then he down the road he had posted like a drone shot of like a, a sailfish jumping at the side of the boat that they had hooked like and just like an unbelievable and, and it didn't get any traction at all so it's kind of weird <laughs> the uh the things that people love and that's that's up there dude uh I, well, a picture of old think-
1: suburban or a video I think it's got to just be proof that those algorithms are anything but like organic and natural because my suburban is not that cool and uh, I'm pretty sure unless maybe like spooling line onto a reel is like some form of like meditation white noise maybe like the spool sound people are like oh I can use this to fall asleep now maybe Gerald did it like backwards or something There you
0: go yeah they call it uh, ASMR I know because my wife loves <laughs> ASMR like uh yeah dude it's this thing where you I don't know if there are very many men that have ASMR channels, but there are a bunch of ladies with really like smooth voices that will just talk and just do random things and like,
1: put your ass to sleep. Yeah. dude,
0: they talk like real, real softly like this? And then that voice just puts you to sleep and people will listen to it for hours. So it's really, it's an interesting thing. Maybe
2: that's our, maybe that's our route. We need to go. (laughs) we can finally, you know, eclipse 47 listeners. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's got the ASMR voice on our you podcast? You just had it
2: right there. <laughs> no,
0: that, that's Rob every day that's of the weekend. Rob. Is maple it, Rob. You try
2: ASMR voice, dude. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Rob's got the baritone, dude. He's like deep, deep down in the basement, ASMR. Yeah, that's But uh, that's pretty much it, man. Obviously, we got to go fishing together, and that was the highlight of like the month. Pretty excited about that. And then I also, um, we're recording this on Monday before Thanksgiving. Uh, If everything goes right this week, I am heading down to bass fish below the border um, for the long weekend. So hopefully that goes well. And the next time we record, I'll have stories of large bass and delicious tacos.
0: That's great. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, we're stoked to uh, see how that goes. So you're uh, planning on leaving Friday?
1: I'm going to leave Thursday night, do the old night. on on the.
0: Oh, wow, on Thanksgiving. How about that, dude?
1: Got to give thanks to something, right? So I'm going to do the overnight bus trip. And uh, we had a little get-together here at my house. And uh, like 27 million of my wife's family came over. And it was a lot of fun. And uh, one of my brother-in-laws is married to a gal in O'Gallis. And uh, so he's constantly, he's got friends all over down there. And he was telling me that his mother-in-law, Uh, spent five hours waiting at one of the checkpoint crossings on the bus coming back. So I would imagine I'm going to have like a 37 and a half hour return trip home because of all the traffic and delays at the border. So, uh, that's something to look forward to. Wow.
2: Yeah, that would be crazy. That would that'd be pretty rough dealing with that, but I just which, need to drive. I I keep, I keep trying to get you to go to Northern California or Texas and I don't think they have those delays at the border there, but
1: <laughs> the California border, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Good point. Good <laughs> they point. might they might take one look at me and be like, "Nah, sorry, bro. Don't tread on me is not welcome here." Texas, it's 85 the whole way, dude. No slowing like, down. Falcon Lake in December was good to me last year. So why don't I just go to Falcon Lake on Thanksgiving? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Last time. Oh,
1: I can't give you advice anymore. I've I've never listened to to your advice except for the, the honey holes at Roosevelt Lake. You can give me those. But other than that, I, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to hear it. All right. How about you, Rob? What's up your way, dude?
2: Uh, just preparing for a, uh, day after Thanksgiving elk hunt that, uh, our buddy Alex, uh, he and our, he and his wife have the tag, um, it's going to be fun. It should be nice and cold, and uh, we've been scouting a bunch. Uh, last – I'm trying to think what day it was. I don't know. One day we went up. We saw like 22 different bulls. Um, we went up on Saturday and hiked in an area uh, and saw five bulls, one really good one. So we're seeing bulls. They're just um, – I mean, they're, they're in some – can you hear my dogs barking? Oh, yeah. yeah and that's fine. You called right. it. Great. Anyhow. On today's
1: episode, Rob's dogs will be chiming in about uh, the crappy food. He buys budget dog food and they're protesting.
2: <laughs> Holy cow. We, like we want real
1: food. food.
2: <laughs> so, anyhow, I'll try um, to keep rolling. Yeah, I'll try to keep rolling over that. But Focus. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, um, we're getting ready for that. We're leaving. Boyd's going to go with me. Um, we're going to leave the day of Thanksgiving, probably about three o'clock in the afternoon head up there and hopefully get it done so hey, the can thing you is me,
1: can you give me a ride to the bus station on
2: thursday sure since you're leaving too perfect sure you have to sit on the in the back of the truck somewhere but ah <laughs> no problem so, <laughs> so we're getting ready for that um Oh my goodness. I feel like I need
0: to do something on Thanksgiving too now. You guys are making me jealous, dude.
2: Yeah, you need to go fishing or hunting. So,
1: like you were gone all year, 11 and a half months out of the 12, you (laughs) were on the road. You should leave on Thanksgiving. (laughs)
0: Typical fishing addict,
1: dude.
2: All right, it should stop now. Try it on. You hit it with (laughs) a tranquilizer dart. Well, that's no, cool. Um,
0: in, so. so, how long's that? How long's that hunt, dude? Like, if so it he goes helps, from it have?
2: goes from Thursday till the following Thursday. So, it's a seven day hunt. Um, I think, I think we only have four days to hunt. I think they have to get back to stuff. Maybe one day at the end we can go back up if they don't kill one. But I think we'll get it done. Um, like I was trying to say before, it's. I mean, you can find a lot of a lot of elk in that unit. There's, I mean, if you were trying to find a cow elk the female elk, like they're almost impossible, Whoa! But it's the craziest thing. Like you'll put your glasses up and you'll see elk, elk, elk. Everyone's a bull. It's, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Cause most units aren't like that. Wow. So it makes it, uh, makes it pretty fun. And you know, so you see 20 bulls, but you see like three of them are shooters probably. So
0: that's interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool, but they're in some deep, dark holes. I mean, some of them, if you shot them, we're going to be, two days getting them out of there so <laughs> pretty gnarly but yeah, looking forward yeah. to it
0: that's cool yeah you were saying that they both actually had tags but there was a good chance that only one of them would use it just because the, the the time that it takes and the work it takes to get them out of there
2: right exactly and our with our game and fish you have the opportunity to turn a tag back in if you do not want to use it if you you know you can regain your points back and so it's kind of complicated, but, um, yeah, that's a possibility. Alex may do that just because of the, the sheer amount of work it's going to take to get one elk out. So.
0: yeah, <laughs> Wow. That's cool. But
2: yeah. So looking forward to that, um, should be a lot of fun.
0: Heck yeah. Right on man. Well, um, How about you, you know, Josh? yeah we'll get into the fishing trip here, but you know, the, really, the other thing uh, I did that was cool this week, uh, I I ended up going to the hockey game, the Coyotes game on the 20th. So Saturday night, my wife loves to watch hockey and uh, you know, so do I, it's like, it's my favorite sport outside of fishing. So um, went, went to that. They played the Red Wings and the Coyotes. They, they, this year they're in a total rebuilding phase. They sold off a lot of their, assets to to get draft picks moving forward so the team has been having a tough go this year but um they played the red wings really tough and they actually ended up winning in overtime so it made it an exciting game to to watch it go to overtime and um just watch a good hard chippy game so that was fun uh ended up staying the night over there at westgate and uh you know oh. I, I, it that's the way to, you know living on the east valley the okay, county's so place so far across across town. So usually we'll just get a hotel and stay over there for the night, and it's cool. And ultimately, they're going to end up moving to Tempe, hopefully, oh. just because they're having a hard time getting fans. Like that's that's one of the issues is their their st- their arena is so far out west. Uh, on the weekend, it's not that bad because you've got all the time in the world. And like us, you know, we go over there spend the night, but on a weeknight, you almost can't even get there for puck drop with traffic and stuff like that. And then you got to drive an hour back to where you live after, you know, and go to work the next day. So they're going to move to Tempe, but um, hockey is such an exciting live sport. Go ahead, Nick.
1: What's the rules in overtime in hockey? Is it sudden death or do you play the whole period? I don't, I'm not a big hockey guy. You know, over
0: the years they've changed it, just trying to make it more exciting. And, and, you know, during the regular season, they can't be like, having two, uh, you know be playing for an hour in overtime right in the playoffs they keep it just standard format and they keep rolling and you'll see some games go two three overtimes and it's nuts but um they want the game over in regular season so they go three on three which opens up the ice you know so they put they put their best you know skilled players out there their fastest players out there right off the bat and uh it's just scoring chance in one end and straight down to the other (laughs) eye scoring chance on the other and and you get five minutes of that and and oftentimes it doesn't last the five minutes and then if 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 no one happens to score they go into a shootout oh and each team gets to send three shooters and um if that's dreadlocked that you just keep sending shooters but in this case the coyotes actually won like 30 seconds into overtime like uh, straight down to the other end and scored so oh, that's it's anyway, cool yeah yeah it was fun um and then other than that our fishing trip you know uh we w- the three of us went up to roosevelt I actually had a uh, guide trip tuesday had a great day of fishing we were gonna go to a different lake the three of us but the fishing was so good we decided to go back up to roosevelt and i uh, had a great day guys um we caught it wasn't quite as crazy of uh, a bite as Tuesday, but I think we caught, I don't know, how many how many fish, Rob? I'll let you you call it the fish amount since you're raising
2: your hand. I have a question first. Yeah. Was it your birthday that day?
0: It was, yeah. What dude. the
1: heck? How
2: hey, am
0: friend. I going
1: to be like?
0: Yeah, yeah, Nick knew. Nick
2: knew. A real
1: friend would know, Rob. No, I'm just kidding. I'm Nick terrible. didn't know when we were out there. Yeah, you dude, are. How are
0: you sp- I don't know what your birthday is.
2: You don't?
1: Oh, it's no. January 16th. You didn't know that, Josh? <laughs> Jeez, I'm the only friend here.
2: Oh, I feel so bad, dude. That's terrible. I'm going to start
1: advertising
0: next time my whole birthday week.
2: <laughs> there you do it. You're going to have like a, <laughs> like a itinerary for the whole week the party. So anyhow, happy birthday. Sorry about Thanks, that. Dude. How old yeah. are you?
0: Uh, 33. All right. Yeah.
2: So I think we caught about as many bass as I am old. I think we caught close to 50 bass. So. <laughs>
0: See, I missed your 50th birthday.
2: Yeah, everybody did. Though. You weren't at
1: that party. That's right, Josh. It was fun. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Rob got hammered. It was embarrassing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: that's fun. Uh, dude, right. I mean, the cool thing about that was we caught him on spoons like we had talked about in the last couple episodes, and, uh, dude, we just caught everything, right? Like, we caught, obviously, a lot of bass, and that's what we're after, but it's just fun to catch some random fish, yellow bass. um, what else do we catch? we got channel crappie, catfish, flathead crappie. catfish. Yeah. Ooh. White, uh, white crappie. White according crappie. To Nick. The- <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: Dude, tell you, you what,
2: just- let's go over that a little bit. That was out of control. It
1: still is out of control. There's still a lot of traction going on that talk about like, and I almost let in, you know, opened up with that, but I figured suburban TikTok videos are far less interesting. So we'd save the, the squeeze of the juice for later. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've I've captured many, many large fish in my long, illustrious career spanning freshwater, saltwater, brackish <laughs> water, dry water, and, uh, you know, side, you know, foul hooking a gizzard shad right through the anal vent in 55 feet of water is the hardest fight I've ever encountered. You know, there's just nothing else like it, and a 7-inch gizzard shad swimming sideways up from that is the hell of a pull. But... Thought that we could have a little fun with that, and uh, I took one for the team and and fondled that gizzard shad and ruined my gloves two seconds into the day. They it was a slimy, slimy
0: sucker, wasn't it?
1: Oh, Dude, and I washed them, and they still smell wow. like, an old, like an old aquarium. Those are almost trash, but I'm going to hold on to them because now I like them more. But I thought I'd have some fun, and I put a post up on the Internet with some ridiculous captions saying that I had thoroughly – caught all the black crappie out of Roosevelt Lake and decided to switch over to white crappie and was having pretty good success so far. And, you know, it was like 66% of people were like, okay, this guy's an idiot and clearly he's joking. Because the picture was ridiculous too, man. Like I have like a face, like I'm constipated. You know, it's Your like, face,
0: you look serious, dude. Like I, it sold it, right? It was good. Yeah, and you took a great perfect. picture.
1: Don't let people say you're, you're not welcome. a great photographer. But uh, the other 33% of people went like, some were like gentle and nice, like, "Hey, bro, sorry to break it to you. That's a gizzard chad, and other people were like, "You're the dumbest mother effer on the planet. like who would think such a thing?" And you know, in true rational redneck style, you have to fan the flames ever so delicately to keep Never it. broke character you gotta keep a rager raging and uh she's she's down to like a two pallet fire at one point. I think we had about ten pallets on that fire, and it was glorious. That was fun.
0: I'm I'm surprised it it never got taken down, dude. But it was it was
1: I was yeah, wondering that too.
2: Did it get to that point where it should have? Uh, I didn't follow it.
0: At moments. Yeah, Yeah. I mean it was just like it was on the edge. It was on the edge. But um I'm always
1: I'm always afraid when you troll too hard that like I'm not, you know, built like very big for physically protecting myself. So I never want someone to get so mad that they're gonna like show up and come to fisticuffs because that wouldn't end well for me so there's always a thin line between like going too far and not far enough and i've never figured that out in life but one guy dude screenshotted what google images of gizzard shad were and it just goes to show that like wikipedia and google can be so good and then be so bad because dude like the nine pictures of quote unquote gizzard shad he shared like seven of them have a big black dot behind the gills like that's kind of a thread fin shad but that's okay who's taking score right
0: it was classic, yeah, yeah,
1: and, and of course, it, you know, Nick, Nick had,
0: had mentioned it's like, yeah, see, see, dude, there's no black dot, so I told you it was a <laughs> white crappie. But man, it was it was funny. But so so we caught uh, gizzard shad, channel catfish, flathead catfish, yellow bass. We did not catch a bluegill. We did not catch an actual crappie. We caught obviously largemouth. Um, the day before I was out there, I had snagged a carp in the tail. I had caught a smallmouth. That's like seven species of fish, which is wild because on a typical day of bass fishing, you might, you might catch one, you fish or something like that. But to have all the bass, all the fish in the lake at the same depth in the same area, eating the same thing is just really interesting, man. And it Uh, just doesn't happen all year long like that.
2: For some weird reason, I think it's um, like when you find a good spoon vertical jigging type area, that's what happens i mean think about it all winter in arizona and at, say at saguaro i mean if you're catching the basket on a spoon or a vertical jigging uh what is it the rapala wrap, uh, jigging wrap that type of stuff you're always catching catfish yellow bass you're catching multi-species so it, is it the the shad get down there and get comfortable and just every fish in the entire lake follows them down there it's possibly what it is i don't know but it just seems like it's a good spot when that happens
0: totally yeah yeah it would be wild we, we were talking about aqua views out there you know but it'd be wild to drop it down there and see it. and the electronics are so good now i mean those fish are uncatchable without the electronics and and every year it seems like we're catching more and more and staying on the fish longer and longer because we're learning the electronics better we're understanding things better but it would be wild to just see the percentages and what is down there. Like, you know, on that day, Tuesday, dude, we caught, we caught so many bass, but we caught six big catfish. I mean, that's a lot of catfish to catch on artificials on a bass fishing trip. And it was like, how many of these suckers are down there, dude? How many, how many of these catfish are down in this spot? 20, you know? And I just couldn't, I couldn't visualize you can, to me anyways, I could visualize 500 bass laying down there, but it was just weird to me to think there might be 20 catfish in one place down there, like a big school of, like, I don't even, wouldn't call it a school, but just a lot of, lot of them in the area. Just kind of weird.
2: Yeah. It'd be (laughs) cool to see what actually is down there and how they're intermingling and what they're doing. You know, if the, if the catfish are using the bass to, like, are they eating their scraps? Are they, or is it vice versa? Are the catfish going through pushing the shed and the bass are eating off of them, you know, and just how they work together. They yeah. Have to work yeah. Together are they at some just point, grouped you
0: know? up in the same school or what? Like, like you'd catch a cat, like, so you'd be reeling up your fish, you know, typically bass and the whole school would, would swim up and look at it. I posted a video of it on Instagram and that happened like every fish, but even when you'd catch a catfish, the school of bass would, would swim up and look at it. You'd see them on the, on the sonar so they were totally feeding together.
1: that's pretty cool my preschool brain also then goes to like the dialogue down there where like they're probably hating on each other right they're like hey what are you doing here asshole like get out of here you're not supposed to be here (laughs) (laughs) right and then it's like what you gonna do about it (laughs) like i'm 30 pounds bitch you know it's probably like this awesome dialogue down there where like they're like competitive and hey you get off my rock like i just want to believe that fish aren't friendly to each other
2: You sure they don't get in line if you're going to go there? Like catfish bass, catfish bass, yellow bass, catfish bass. (laughs) I guess it
1: depends on who they elected as Roosevelt president down there and how much equal opportunity gets distributed. But I want to believe it's like anarchy and there's like, it's like, you know, like apocalyptic style and like the flatheads are like the kings of the flat and 50 feet of water and they get to decide what happens. Probably right.
2: Yeah, that's that's my guess. Boy, we went off on a tangent, didn't we? Yeah.
0: But it was it was fun, man. We had a blast, and uh, hopefully, we'll get out to do it. Uh, you know, uh, several more times. Uh, you know, over the next month or two, while the fish are doing that, and the, the fish are probably going to be doing that. typically If it's like any other year, for another month and a half, and you get to January, that spoon bite really slows down, and you start doing other stuff.
1: But uh, hopefully, we have a, a few more really fun days like that. Dude, Go ahead, Nick. I, I apologize, and you guys have a better memory than I do. Uh, have we gone through the spooning? We did a couple episodes ago, right? Kind of. Yeah, like we kind of talked attack. about it okay. a
0: lot in one of the episodes, and then a decent little bit in another one. So we we won't dive too much more into it. But basically, everything we talked about worked. So that's Man. that's uh, not doesn't always happen, but <laughs> you know exactly what we had talked about is kind of what we did, and uh, it was it actually worked out for us the last couple of times in the water. So that was good. But have you guys ever caught any any other? Before we move off the goonfish, have you ever caught one that really surprised you? Like, what's the wildest goonfish, you guys? And not, when I say goonfish, I mean non-bass. What's so, the wildest one you've caught?
2: Go ahead, Rob. The craziest one I caught was, um, I mean, I haven't fished many tournaments in the last 15 years or so, but uh, if it was fishing a bass nation, I think it was at Apache, maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago. Literally, my first cast, I caught like a four and a half. A pound largemouth. Um, and I mean, there was quality fish biting and I expected them to be, you know, all pretty good fish. And anyhow, I come into this little, it was pre-spawn spawn. I, yeah. Pre-spawn spawn type bite. And I come into this little pocket and there was some toolies in the back and I flip a Cinco up there. It doesn't hit the bottom. And I set the hook and I'm like, I look at my partner. I'm like, this is a giant get the net. And it was a Buffalo. That's um, a buffalo carp and it was like probably 10 12 maybe it was giant and i was so convinced that it was a big largemouth, and obviously it wasn't it's so.
0: you don't expect to catch a bunch of that flipping dude
2: nope nope and it was yeah
0: that's yeah. hilarious so uh you know I, yeah i don't think i've ever i flipped a big flathead one time i've never I'm flipping a carp is unreal dude for that thing to eat your bait and be like that's just that's a one in a million. Yep. Uh, I flipped a big catfish one time, and it reminds me, our, so our buddy Dave, he had flipped a flathead out of a tree at Roosevelt one time, and that sucker was so big. It went, went, he had straight braids, 65-pound braids, so not, and nothing's going to break. Nothing's going to give, right? He he said it flattened the guides on his rod. <laughs> 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 you about this that, dude? Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's some. Just when it there. made its
0: first run, you know what the rod didn't break, the line didn't break, it just flattened the guys <laughs> out. <laughs>
2: oh,
1: and the hook stayed. That's pretty good too. You think seriously. Yeah. Just, you know, some type of super line, heavy, heavy duty hook, you know. Yeah. I uh, that's funny you say Buffalo too. I was gonna go there too. Um what one that can be disheartening though is a big striper too, right? That that happened to me at Havasu years ago, too, on a jerk bait for like a few seconds. It was like, yeah, like this is gonna be what I need, and then it was like an eight-pound striper.
0: Yeah, Havasu—you don't catch. The, I mean, you can go target them there, but it's not like Mead where you're catching them consistently They catch it. I could see it it being disapp- extra disappointed at Havasu just because it's rare enough. I don't catch a lot
1: of striper on that lake. It was down, yeah. It was down towards the dam, and it was just on a jerk bait over a long point. And it's like, oh, this is going to be epic, and it was Big fun. Smalley. Yeah, yep. yep Dang.
0: Well, uh, that's that's uh that's cool. For me, I think a sturgeon, dude, that I, I might've <laughs> talked about in this podcast before, but I, I've caught a couple sturgeon. Yeah. But uh, I caught one on a shaky head in the mouth at, well, they've all been in the mouth, I guess the handful that I've hooked, but at Lake Winnebago. And this thing was absolutely massive. And I, I tried to get a video of it. I got like a halfway decent video, but it didn't really, to me, it didn't do a good job of showing how big the fish was. I, I swear it was five feet long and I had posted it. <laughs> on instagram and i had some haters saying that ain't no five footer but i'm telling you it was a five footer dude it was damn close um and then apparently afterwards i found out there are so many sturgeon in there that people in the winter time will drill holes in the ice and spear them they wait there are so many you can sit there with a spear and wait for one to go under your hole and stab it (laughs) that's crazy isn't it
2: yeah that's a thing they do that with pike up there too really (laughs) Oh, yeah. The scary thing is is the size of hole they have. Like, you could fall through it pretty easily. And mm. I, I think waiting for something to swim underneath you to spear it is more like a drinking game. <laughs> yeah, so then you're I mean, really apt to yeah, fall in. Yeah, it could be interesting. What
0: kind of hole do they drill? Is it round or square?
2: I think it's a big square hole. They cut it with a chainsaw. Okay. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, and the spears are like if I remember right, they're super heavy, like rods. Like just imagine like a one or two inch diameter rod that's solid steel with a pitchfork on the end of it. <laughs> so imagine how heavy that thing is. It's and that pitch a pitchfork
0: at the end too, dude.
2: Well, how like crazy. a, yeah, some, yeah, some kind in. of, yeah, some kind of fork that with barbs on it. Wow. Yeah. You know and what you I literally think? Literally just drop it
1: when i think of all the accomplishments we've done as a species chain sawing rectangles in the ice and then dropping spears on large animals is awesome like we really have we've done it i'm down it sounds, that sounds terrible but i'm not gonna <laughs> knock it till i try it just like I, anything I, maybe
0: it's really fun dude I I, that's don't know. what i'm saying so, i'm
1: down someone invite us if anyone that listens to this does that please yeah invite me in.
2: i think they use decoys and everything if oh
1: I remember right. yes whoa Seriously.
2: That's yeah, crazy, we need to, man. it'd be cool to get someone on. And someone from the Midwest would be, if someone has some experience, hit us up and we'd love to yeah, talk to you about that's it. That's a really be, good thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah I want to know speared. what uh, <laughs> what it's all about. So there we go, talking about stuff we know nothing about. But think we, we did have, it. Yeah. We did it very well, though. I would give there us a go. 7.2 out of 10 on that. <laughs> yeah, if you guys have any
0: more
1: questions about that, we'll be happy to answer. <laughs> yeah. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, and the uh, highlight of our trip was burritos. I'm just gonna throw that on a random tangent. That was yeah. never lets it down.
0: Yeah, we had a couple uh, of the uh, Tony specials on the way up to the lake, so it was it was just a great day in general, and uh, no better way no better way to spend a uh, birthday, man. So it was fun. Thank you guys for coming up, and uh, I do have one more question. Also, we we talked about flatheads, and uh, we haven't kept one yet, but we're we're on the verge of keeping one of these things to eat. So if anyone's got a good way to uh, clean and prepare a flathead, you know, we were having a debate. We don't, I mean, hey, this is hilarious that as much fishing as we've done, we don't really know how <laughs> to clean, a, how to cat clean a catfish. Yeah, we're just a bunch of, uh, you know, wimps i guess yeah just catch and release sport fishermen we, we lesser men. We rarely keep apparently rarely keep what we catch but if you've got a a great way to clean and prepare catfish send it over to us send us an instant message on instagram or facebook or email us at info at anglershappyhour.com
1: dude i don't know why this popped in my head and it's gonna be flat and you'll be like i don't remember but didn't one of you guys have a guide client like a million years ago that wanted to keep fish and they like started out by just like Randomly cutting the tail off of it because they didn't know how to clean it. Is this somebody else or is this one huh. of you guys? Oh, who I cut mean?
0: the tail, dude? It's ringing it, a
1: bell. I yeah, it must be a different friend, but it was just funny. They were like, cut, "Yeah," and so they started just cutting the tail off. Like, yeah, so you get no <laughs> leverage for the rest. That's hilarious,
0: dude. I've yeah, it's so it's
1: it's out there, and I can't remember who it was. That would be me attempting to fillet a seven-pound flathead. I'd be like, uh, let's just cut its tail off. (laughs) Dude,
0: that's like the guy that was hooked, and I'll I'll leave him nameless. That's like the guy that was hooked past the barb with a crankbait with a treble hook, and he clipped it off. (laughs) no like just above the skin so the skin instantly just (laughs) swallowed it no (laughs) very experienced fisherman too dude that's the unbelievable part about it very experienced fisherman had (laughs) clipped it off just above where it was at so the the hook was just gone straight to the emergency room had to dig it out with a scalpel
1: or on the other hand, it's gone, right? It's all good now. I can't see it's <laughs> yeah, gone. I'm sure it didn't. Wouldn't hurt in there at all, right?
0: Yeah, yeah just wait can't till see it
2: festers it. up and it'll pop oh. out.
0: It'll dissolve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, it's what happens, right? Yeah. Um, well, okay, so let's move on. Um, we want to talk about that that giant Bass Pro Shops U.S. Open tournament they had over at Table Rock Lake. It's been the culmination of several regional qualifiers. It's an amateur-only tournament, so none of – well, uh, Rob and I couldn't fish. Um, Nick chose not to fish, unfortunately, <laughs> for him. But um, it would have been an awesome event to be at, for sure. It looked like it was completely just very well put together, amazing, and, of course, fishing for 000, 000. Um, a million dollars. Ultimately, in the championship event at Table Rock, a couple of young anglers won. College fisherman Tucker Smith – and Logan Parks. They split a million dollars. They each got a Toyota Tundra. They each got a Nitro Z21 boat. And uh, the payouts were just incredible all the way down the field. Second place was 200 grand. I believe they paid, I believe they paid down to 50th. Um, I've got the payouts pulled up here, but regardless, pretty amazing. And uh, Rob, you watched it, dude. Tell me about what you saw.
2: I did. It was, they did a really good job with it. They covered it well. It was, um, um, the Bass Pro Tour must have had a lot to do with it. I think a lot of the, it, it, the camera work seemed similar. And, you know, they were in the boats of a handful of the finisher, you know, top, you said it was a top 50 the last day, right?
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So I don't know how many cameras they had out there, but they, I mean, they got a bunch of the fish catches and, uh, Table Rock looks just phenomenal. I mean, that, for this time of year, for that lake to be pumping out, you know, three pound averages is, you know, pretty good. And not only are, is it that, but they're catching smallmouth, largemouth, and, and spots. So, mm. look like an ideal place. There was a there was a team from Florida. These guys qualified in the first event at Okeechobee, and they purchased forward facing sonar and learned how to, to, to it. use it in the canals. I didn't even know you could put a boat in a canal in Florida, but anyhow, they catching peacock bass with the forward face. No that's how they learned how to use it. And then they were out there in the, you know, competing in the tournament and doing very well. So, um, that's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, it seemed like a lot of the guys are catching them deep finesse type techniques. Um, but man, it, it, what a deal for, what a deal for amateur anglers. I mean, that's life changing for, Um, not only the winners, but I mean, second place, a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. I mean, that's, it's insane per guy, a hundred thousand. So.
0: Dude. And they rolled out the red carpet. I mean, just watching uh, from, from far away, like Johnny Morris obviously is a pretty incredible human. Uh, You you know, just with what he's accomplished, where he started and where he's at now. And when he wants to make something happen, dude, it's, it, he does not go in halfway and uh, it looked like it was just You know from the pre you know all the festivities around the tournament just looked unbelievable man and it really like i was like my god i wish i was there it looked it looked awesome man looked a lot of the other event made a lot of other stuff look kind of silly just because and the best part is he donated what do you say 1.6 million dollars to conservation which was the whole purpose of the whole thing
2: and that was all the entry fees right yeah. I think he took yeah, it. So. so basically all the payout was straight out of his pocket, out of their marketing budget. And I mean, <laughs> me saying this might be controversial, but his bass fishing broke when, when the amateurs are fishing for more money than all the pros are. I mean, it's like, it's, it's insane. Think about the life-changing tournaments. Just recently, there's been, you know, this deal, these guys completely life-changing. Um, And then the Bass Federation, that's another amateur tournament. I mean, those guys are fishing for uh, what do you call that? Uh, Fishing for the dream or living basically a
0: lit that you know over at FLW and MLF, they call the living the dream package their Mm -hmm. version of it. So, I mean, but just similar, like basically a free ride. Dang, yeah, I mean,
2: they're not making the cash, but they're making, I mean, that's an opportunity of a lifetime to fish for you know, fishing the elites. Um, Maddie Wong from California won that. Uh, probably one of the most interest, interesting points of that is he wanted out of a 32 year old bass boat. That's pretty cool. That's very like with, cool with junk electronics. I mean, like, it's not like he had an old boat all fixed up. It was just like, so. An old boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty rad. So, but I don't know. I mean, I i don't want to stir stuff up, but think about it. these amateurs are fishing for that type of money. It's insane. So
0: it's cool to have opportunity like that for sure. It is. And, uh,
2: the, I guess the, the other thing is they are... So to, to repeat a win in that deal would almost be impossible because think of the sheer numbers of people that are going to fish for that million dollars, right? There's what, six qualifying events with 250 per event. I mean, it takes it's pretty hard to whittle down to that number one spot,
0: which you weren't even guaranteed to get into because it was so much demand to get into those tournaments. They were capped at two hundred and fifty, So it was drawing to get into the qualifier. Correct. Um, So I know a lot of guys that had, that just didn't didn't get lucky and didn't get drawn to fish that qualifier. So it is, you're totally right, dude. And I would imagine if they do it again after this, like there are gonna it's gonna be even be more harder people trying to get, trying to get yeah. in, you know, yeah. like I, I yeah. dude, I would drop everything and go to that. Yep. You know what I mean? If I had an yep. opportunity to do it. So, yep. I mean, it's but well,
2: in, go ahead. In, in as a professional's point of view, I mean, you guys at the beginning of the year, you have a one in 80, one in 80 chance to win the red crest. Right. And yep. by the time you qualify, you have what a one in 40. Is there 40 yeah. guys that qualify? Yep. Okay. So in the, in the elites, you got a one in 110 and a one in what? How many guys qualify for the classic?
0: Uh, it ends up being 50-ish. like low 50s, dude. Yeah. yeah,
2: so you got a one in 50 chance of winning that. Where these guys have a one in 1,500. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll tell you like, what, though. I will say
0: this. And a Buddy had mentioned this to me a year ago when this tournament was first mentioned. Was like He's like, where in life do you have a, uh, can you gamble and have a one in whatever chance at a million dollars? When are your odds sure, ever better sure. to win a million dollars? Like there's no other type of gambling, at least where you have that type of odds for a million that, that we could think of anyways. And I could be totally off base with yeah. it, but, uh,
2: I yeah, good it's, point.
0: It's not cool good, odds, is, but it's a million dollars.
2: So the guys yeah. that won literally qualified in bull shoals, which, which was the last minute qualifier. Um, what uh, two days prior to this event starting maybe one day prior because they won that or finished 13th in that one qualified and had one day to practice on table and they found them dude and they whacked them 13 pounds each qualifying day and the last day they had 16 something so pretty pretty cool i
0: I mean dude it was no doubt going into that actual event that it was going to be one on forward fishing sonar someone looking at live scope catching fish that are on bait that's like that's such, that lake is so westerny as far as like the fish getting yeah. offshore, getting on bait like that. And I've seen it a handful of times myself. And um, what was interesting, too, was like their bag was the, the, the fish they were holding up at the end of the day. There were three spots and one smallie yeah. and, and just fat as could be, just yeah. fat as could be. Un- unbelievable. It, it, it was, uh, I'm, I'm sure they had just a banner day of fishing to uh, get up to what the weight they did.
2: Do you know what college they go to?
0: I don't know. I know they're from Alabama, but I do not know the school. Okay. So,
2: I mean, obviously, if they're in college on a fishing team, they have aspirations to be professional anglers. I mean, look at this. Oh, yeah. Look at this, like, injection of… <laughs> Enthusiasm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they just have a shot now. That's pretty good. Cool.
0: Yeah. They just… You know, if they didn't already have all the means to do it, now they yep. do. I mean, yeah, which they probably already did by the sounds of it. They sound like really legit fishermen, um, but that were kind of on their way. But now, dude, they got no excuse. Like, right here, but go think, try it for five years.
2: Yeah, I mean, think about it. You're a college guy. You're probably scraping the money away, scraping the money to go fish the qualifier, right? I mean, that's no doubt. Five hundred bucks a guy in entry, and who knows what in an expenses, and you know they go do that I, I think finishing 13th that probably i don't know what they made but it probably paid for their their next tournament at, as far as you know expenses and stuff covered all probably that so, so um, at that point they're zero and then they go there and win a million bucks pretty cool
0: dude uh
2: skeet had told me a long time ago like you
0: don't have to win every tournament you just have to win the right <laughs> tournament at the right time and you're then, totally and right
2: i mean they had a the conversation formula. on Bass Talk Live about young guys coming in and when their wins were. And a lot of them, a lot of the big names had wins early. And then I believe Matt brought you up, Josh, and talked about how you were one that got in there and stuck it out. And it took you, what year did you win in 18? And you had six years. So six years in. I mean, you survived. You're one of the few that survived without a big win. Um, so. But yeah, but it's, it, it
0: just—I mean, it is, dude. It's because you and, and I mean, winning—winning winning a tournament's one thing, but even just winning money, like, is like—and yeah. uh and you look back at probably yeah, any guy that started from scratch in in, in this sport, like, yeah, you do. Whether it's you—you you had a high finish and won enough money to keep, and that's really what it is. You just win enough to keep going, win enough to keep going, and then on on that extreme level, when you do, you win a national tournament and and, and you gain that attention, but every. every Pretty much, you could look at any any guy and, and be like, "That was that guy's breakthrough moment for sure." Yeah. And yeah. obviously, for these kids, that's a. There's no bigger example of it than this. Like,
2: yeah, I'm talking
0: about winning 20 grand at once. Now these guys are talking about, yeah, I mean, they won a million dollars. So.
2: Well, it's like they won five elite events or five Bass Pro Tour ridiculous. events. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah,
0: that's a, that's a that's a, almost a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. Um. Well, that's cool. So some uh are you guys ready to move on off that do you have anything else from that I, tournament Go ahead, i
1: just Nick. am curious what I, I know josh you've fished that part of the country a lot over your career rob have you fished table rock bull shoals that stuff very much
2: i've fished table rock i think three times i fished it um twice and so we used to have a circuit out here called wild west bass and it was not the current wild west bass it was the defunct the one back The, in the OG. Day. <laughs> yep and it was a team event and they would have a flyaway event so um you would qualify for the flyaway they'd put you on a plane <clears throat> send you to springfield missouri uh we would tour bass pro shops and that was when that was the only bass pro shops nice um
1: that's how old you are
2: <laughs> that's how old i am and then we would uh wait that tour- was
1: before the website too
2: what website before the internet. <laughs> yeah. way before the yeah. i know, i just yes.
1: I ruined your story
2: and we would tour the champion boat factory and then we would fish out of identically rigged champions. And this is a team circuit, a local team circuit here <laughs> that did that. So that's great. Yeah. So we did that twice. We qualified for that twice, finished second, both times, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Yeah. First time, first place was a Jeep and second time it was, a Jeep. Know, <laughs> that's cool. it was from, from Bill Luke out here, Bill Luke wow. Dodge gave away nice. a Jeep. So, um, but we obviously got second and second place was a rod and reel second place was memories
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is a cool Uh, memory dude i mean that's an awesome experience man
2: it was cool and uh, uh, i don't know if we talked about it but do you remember freddie joe nunn he just passed away Mm -mm. Um, he just passed away a couple a month ago in october i think he was a 11 or 12 year uh, NFL player played for the Cardinals. Uh, Dude loved to fish. That's, I mean, he was just a bass fisherman to heart. That's what he wanted to do. And uh, he qualified one of the years we went. So great memories hanging out with Freddie and um, yeah, just sad. Nice. I I literally was watching a Cardinals game two weeks ago and one of the guys uh, scored a touchdown and, or sack, I think he sacked someone and held up his jersey and had rest in peace. Uh, oh, wow. That's, oh, that's how cool. I, yeah, it's sad, but that's... Um, I got off track there a little bit, but the the third time I was there... Um, no, that wasn't. Oh, yeah. It was a... It was some tournament to do with Nitro back in the day when I ran Nitros. Um, and it was like this time of year, the weather was terrible, and I didn't fare so well, but... Uh-huh. So, if I had,
1: if I oh, okay, sorry, I want to hear your funny story. If I had to guess what you used in the 1971 flyaway event on Table Rock Lake, I'm going to guess it was an original Smithwick Rogue that was like 13 inches long. Is that what you were catching
2: them on? You're wrong. We caught them on uh, Carolina rigged lizard, <laughs> zoom lizards. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and a fat free shad. So, nice. yeah, we had a pretty yeah. good. we had a pretty fishing good, up
0: the James, it sounds like. We were,
2: we were. Yep. So that was, it was fun. Um, Funny story coming home from Table Rock. The one time we were at Big Cedar Lodge, that's where we launched and the tournament went out of, and it was so cold and nasty. My dad came out to drive and hang out, which was really cool. And he backed the trailer in, I load the boat up on the trailer and I told him to go. We run up the ramp and it's raining and I go to the back of the boat, tie the boat down and we get to Amarillo, Texas, and realized I hadn't tied the front of the boat down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's like two feet back on the trailer.
0: Oh, it slid. Holy oh, yes. cow. So what did you do? Did you, did you winch it up? Or did you have to go find water, man?
2: No. So I, I just latched the front strap. <laughs> to the trailer? A, well, yeah. I, would, I mean, I just hooked the front strap oh, okay. up and uh-huh. occasionally would hit my brakes as hard as I could to get it to an inch forward all the and way home. And it did. Uh, i mean not all the way but <laughs> holy crap dude what a ding dong how huh? it was that's like,
0: hilarious it's yeah. lit i love how yeah i had to have been sliding the whole time and he just oh, yeah. noticed it there that's yep. hilarious dude i'll tell you uh i'm not the world's best at checking my rig either you know like uh sometimes when i'm just rolling you know and i've knocked on wood i've been really lucky i've had no issues with bearings or anything for for years but I'll just be like, I'll look back there. I'll be getting gas from my 20th gas stop through, you know, a trip cross country. And I'll be like, if there's problems, I don't even want to know about it. I'm just, yeah, just I'm going. going to gas just going. get as
2: far <laughs> as you can, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But you should be checking at every stop. And, you know, oh, sometimes yeah. I'll go around and, and check it once in a while. But I'm like, ah, if there's a problem, I'm not even ready to to Deal with it yet? So let's didn't, keep going.
1: Didn't somebody drop a power pole and drove for like 400 miles? Which one of the your a lot friends of people have
0: Jordan grinded? Jordan. We were having from yeah. uh, yeah, Oklahoma to Wisconsin, and he had yeah, his power poles like uh, a rod butt or something or something on his deck had like pressed his butt, <laughs> had the, the power pole button, and he had literally grinded his power pole, uh, the bottom part into stubs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I remember the not as cool story that I did that. And I only went through like a couple of intersections dragging my power poles and people were freaking out. They're like, your boat's dragging. I was like, yeah, thanks. That is a bass boat. I'm pretty cool, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah.
0: That's hilarious. No, I'm not professional. Yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm the best podcast host. That's me. That's
0: funny, dude. Um, all right. So one other thing that uh, you know, it, I don't know if we're going to make this a monthly thing, but you know, every every fishing website, every fishing page, whether it's YouTube or Instagram, everyone's talking about favorite baits for every month. And uh, we had talked about it a couple months ago, but I think it's a time saver to know baits that you shouldn't be throwing uh, in a given month, right? So I want to talk about the top three baits not to throw in December. Now, granted take it with a grain of salt, depending on where you live, you might be absolutely wearing them out on one of these baits. So, you know, don't get bad at us if we, uh, if we throw out a bad, a bad bait for you, but we're talking about baits that just general baits that wouldn't be the first ones that we grab this time of year. And I don't want to make it too obvious, right? I don't want to say like a frog because I think everyone knows that, (laughs) but um, let's just put our heads together here and try to try to pick three baits that, People can leave in their garage and not take you to the boat this time of year. Now I've got two of them written down um, and we'll see if you guys agree, but I need you guys to help me with a third and and I'll start it off. Okay. I'm going to say for the first one, a swim jig.
1: Okay. That's pretty you know, good. You
0: could, you could go catch a bass on a swim jig tomorrow, but odds are there are better baits no matter where you're fishing. Um, And the reason is that, you know, a lot of the fish, there are still some fish shallow, but the swim jig for me, first off, is a vegetation bait. I love fishing it in really heavy vegetation. So the vegetation is really dying off this time of year. You're not needing a swim jig to get through. Like where you would throw that swim jig when the cover is really, really thick. Now you could probably throw a chatterbait or even a, a, a crankbait or a spinnerbait or something like that. Something with more vibration that moves a little slower through the water column. A swim jig, you're typically fishing fast. Um, it's a great springtime, summertime, early fall bait. But my swim jigs a lot of times stay at home this time of year.
1: Hey man. Well, Rob's chomping at the bit to give you his. He's I just didn't got... give you guys
0: any warning on this. so
1: if know,
2: I know. I'm struggling okay. immensely with this one. His blue eyes like, are just twinkling like over there. We're in November. So, I mean, that's like...
0: We're prepping for December, though. We're talking December here. Are we Jump? talking
2: December? That helps yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah,
0: it's December. I'm gonna
2: get. I mean, I would say a Rico. I don't want to throw a popper right now.
0: Okay, all right. I'll give you but that. But in November, yeah. in November,
2: <laughs> I might want to throw a popper. Yeah,
0: but when they go away in in uh, December. December, huh?
2: yes. Yeah, I totally opinion, agree, to dude. I totally. But that's agree. an obvious one, right? Like, nah. what? just
0: well, yes, I mean, dude. Yeah, I guess topwater is kind of obvious, like a frog, yeah. but See, can you think of one that's that's less obvious? What's something that, that you just don't throw this time of year, dude?
1: Man. Well, it's easy for me, you know, because I'm a full-on con- converted disciple of big bass only. You know, I only throw big baits. So when I go to the lake, man, I got one rod. Everything I throw is at least 14 inches long you won't catch me with a spinning rod and a drop shot that never comes on the boat. I'm, I'm committed. It's a lifestyle. So it's whatever. an easy one for me. <laughs> so Nick's like basically everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Unless it's made out of, you know, wood or whatever fancy words for plastic they use now injected plastic and it's not 14 inches long. I don't throw it. You know? I'll give you another one.
2: 10 inch worm. Oh. great call. That's a great one. Yes. That's I just because you don't
1: know how to use it properly. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm on it. that bite. Yeah, I, you I don't even
2: want to know about power worms. No, a, a, a ten inch a ten inch power worm is so like July at night on a pole. Yes, cruise. yeah, <laughs> it's so like May to August type, maybe a little in September, May to August type deal in my yeah. book. I agree, yep. Josh. Good call. So
0: you're going more compact this time of year. Not that you need to use a small bait, but like a jig is just going to be better. That. The the fish when it gets cold, the the reason that big worm works so well in the summer is it's got that swimming action so it 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 somewhat will make the fish react the fish want a big meal that time of year um, this time of year they're getting they're still on shad but that that big swimming profile is just not the deal you're better off throwing something a little bit more compact so
2: yeah I'll um, I'll, I'll even go ahead. from a from a five inch swimming tail robo worm to a straight tail this time of year you know in the summertime I'll throw that sometimes I'll throw a little curly tail
0: so you're getting off that curly tail
2: yeah I'll just get away from that once it cools off and just go to a you know four and a half or a six inch straight tail I, and that's probably more in my head than it is anything but
0: I don't I don't know I think that's pretty common though yeah I yeah. think a lot of people think that way I do too man uh another one I have is a, a weightless wacky rig it's a good call Yep. that's a total, I mean, you could catch them on it. Same thing. Like you could, you could go catch a bass on it tomorrow, but there just are better ways to catch them. In my opinion, the Fisher, you know, you might, if you had a nail weighted wacky rig, that might be a little different. Like a Nico rig might be a, it is a good bait this time of year, but just a weightless wacky rig. Th- those would be my top three swim jig, 10 inch worm, and a weightless wacky rig uh, leave them at home. Throw something different.
2: Yeah, you pretty much killed that. I came up with nothing, but I agree with you. 100%. Well, I didn't give you any time to to
0: next. Okay, January, be ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's spoiler.
1: It's just December. To be continued. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good
0: point, yeah. dude. Yeah, That's funny. funny. Yeah, maybe it should be a quarterly thing. Quarterly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. There you go. All right, be ready in March. I think it's funny too how like every, you're exactly right with like okay, don't throw the ten inch worm. We want smaller profile so on and so forth and then the best part about fishing i don't know if all fishing but bass fishing is like sometimes like then you could go the exact opposite because you think of like what's a great thing to throw in december and an alabama rig which is like the most cartoonishly massive flashy like semi truck with you know stacks going through the water column
0: <laughs> it's just hard to explain right like my explanation why it doesn't work that no good. but it makes sense
1: like- right maybe those fish are positioned like you know chunk rock deep bank eating crayfish not wanting to move a lot i don't know like what would you
0: well and that's just it just depends on everywhere right so like the situation is like yeah yeah i I shouldn't say that you don't want a bait that's gonna make that's gonna have a swimming action you're right because that's what an Alabama rig is but it's just a different deal and it's it's hard to explain but um you know uh
1: Makes just, it fun. Those are my three right. baits, And,
0: is. uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be throwing them this
1: time of year. <laughs> oh, I'm going to sneak <laughs> over there and tie them on your rod. And then hopefully you're not paying attention. And are like, what, this isn't a football jig. This is a 12 inch jelly worm. Who tied this on? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, other than that, um,
0: one other interesting thing, a gentleman, by got caught this off, uh, best on tour, a gentleman by the name of Bill Schultz, um, he caught twenty five thousand smallmouth bass in twenty
1: twenty one. I mean, pretty good is that for decent?
0: him. Is that good?
1: Uh, well,
0: now I I have no idea where my notes are for this. I thought twenty five thousand. Let's see. Yeah, I'm pulling it up, dude. Let's see here. Um,
1: come on. Now, now we're in trouble.
2: Nick, you need to do the out. math on that. How many is that a day?
1: All right. So if he caught a hundred a day that'd be 35,000 right so the homie was whacking like a hundred every couple days
0: let's see and my apologies because i think this is actually bass blaster let's see here it is i'm I'm such an idiot see there we go it's 2,500 there we go Okay, (laughs)
1: 25,000 is better dude stick with the original because poor we we just ruined that guy's thunder because 2,500 is amazing but let's see here
0: uh, okay. So he started keeping track in 1994 and he's caught 25,000 since then.
2: Gotcha. Okay.
0: Now he's up to actually 27,000. So that's interesting, man. Uh, we can't, we can't even keep track in a day. We can't <laughs> keep track of how many fish we catch in a day. Like I literally never in a tournament, it's a little different, I guess, but, um, I don't know if I've caught seven or nine. After a day of fishing, even small numbers like that, Never mind when you get into big number days. So props to that guy for, he must like, be like an engineer or something like that yeah. to have that type of <laughs> mind to want to count the exact <laughs> amount of fish.
2: Yeah. We're the, we're the ding dongs that people go. How'd you do it? Oh, I think I caught, I don't know, six or eight bass. Like, how do oh. you not know six or eight? Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: I, but we don't, like, right?
2: Like 30 to 35. Okay. I'll take that, but not. Hey, we have a special Four guest on the
1: podcast today. We've, all right, we've what's long up, dude? You say hi. Good
0: morning. He's up. It's it's next morning routine.
1: Correct. So. Yeah, so we're going to talk to a professional angler now. He's two years old. Um, he can never pass the Paw Patrol uh, spin cast combos at Sportsman's Warehouse. Max McMurray, take it away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Well, uh, I think that's a good cue. We've kind of run through uh, all of our stuff, and uh, – we uh, hopefully have a good episode coming next week. We uh, we've got a couple of good guests on the line and we always tease that, um, but you know, we're trying to do a guest every other episode or so. we got a couple of good ones lined up. So uh, anything else for you guys before we uh, jump off?
2: No. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yeah. Heck
0: yeah. Well said, man. Good luck on your uh, trip down uh, South next week, Nick. Hopefully Rob and I uh, do some fishing this week. At, well, I guess you're going to be hunting and um, happy Thanksgiving to everyone else. You guys have a good one.